Cheers to Cheers. episode 56. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Oh. Yeah. Tastes terrible. <laughs> oh, I got uh, some Boda Box wine. Pretty interesting. Ooh, bougie. I have nothing, so probably water. Eventually, I'm going to get up and grab water. <laughs> You know, it's really bad luck to cheers without anything, Evan. I know. I forgot it. And then we were starting, so. Things that concerns him? No. No, but you know what concerns me? Grant. Global Every time warming. we do the cheers, you swallow into the mic, and it's really disturbing. I do that on purpose. I know. I, just I, I did this last week. Oh, I, I remember. Uh, tonight is Monday, January 24th it is 8 10 p.m welcome on in to the number one sports podcast in the in the state of michigan and football is the greatest sport in the entire world f word f word out the jump because that weekend deserved it my god what 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 a a weekend i think you're underselling it yeah i don't know how you would properly sell it and we came on this podcast last week and talked about how bad the playoff games were last week. So two what weeks ago, where we wanted to hit the wild card weekend, and then the football gods just handed us a football glory, just right in our face, and it was just all you can eat buffet. Best weekend yeah. of football all time. You know what? I'm going to say yes. In my all lifetime, time. in my lifetime, you I don't count name that, one, Evan. That I don't count expect. that. I don't count that 1980s BS. Johnny Unitas. This weekend was incredible. You're talking about football in general or NFL football? the best weekend of football in your life. No. It wasn't the best. I'm sorry. Contrarian Evan. I'm a college football. I'm a bigger college football fan. So having just like 40 games on Saturday and then 16 games on Sunday. Best NFL. Best NFL playoff weekend of all time. Correct. Feels like it. Has to be. Every single game came down to the last play in the game, and three out of the four road teams won. I mean, you don't. I mean, that's crazy. And I think, yeah, and, and three out of the four underdogs won as well. So just a wild weekend of sports that we're going to dive into. The full preview of the show is our weekly recaps, how our weekend was together, uh, NFL divisional playoff recap of the weekend, and then college basketball, we'll do a little Michigan, Michigan State talk because the teams, the teams are trending up for their matchup this weekend. Exciting stuff, guys. And then we will close out with a hangover draft that is inspired from another podcast that I listened to. And it's also inspired by Evan's actions this weekend, um, who went Whoa. through a hangover this weekend. So I thought, what better way to talk about hangovers than after this weekend? Yeah. It's perfect. So... Also, we have a ton, a, a butt buttload of listener questions to work in here. You guys really stepped up. People love the anonymous group sheet. So we will start with our weekly check-ins. Uh, before we, so how I want to do this is you guys discuss anything outside of our weekend together that was notable. If not, then we'll just skip right to the weekend recap. I don't think I have anything notable other than the weekend. It's a long time ago, though. 
I honestly don't think I do either. I think this week was pretty just like put your head down and get to the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That feels right. Yeah. 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 So should we start? I like this question to lead us off. A listener submitted question. What was your guys's best part of Friday night? We'll start with that. Hmm. Evan, how about you? <laughs> you want me to go first? Um, so I don't remember like half of Friday night. So um, I'm just going to like the my best part of Friday night was just everybody hanging out and having a good time, being able to host with everybody coming over. Yeah, that is an underrated good feeling. I understand why moms like to really ramp up their hosting efforts. Like when you're the host and people are having a good time at your place, it just makes you feel extra good about it. Yep. What about you, Grant? Mine would be, uh, for the people that don't like sensors, they're going to hate this, but because I don't have to censor some parts, but just being in a sweaty, crowded bar, Rick's American Cafe in East Lansing, and kind of like keeping your head on a swivel, and turning to my right and seeing our friend, uh, so bleep there, and then- You don't Bert, have to bleep. Was his- he's, he's a friend of the program. He's been on the show. It was- uh, this person's birthday that wasn't on this podcast and (laughs) this i see a female he's he's basically like pretending to be the bodyguard of the dj booth just posted up arms crossed not letting anyone up to the dj this girl comes up to him and just goes hey so he says is it your birthday i hear it's your birthday he says yes it is and they just start sucking face And I am just looking around at my friends and being like, is anyone else seeing this unfold? Like, it just so happened I turned and saw it as it was happening. And I think that moment just kind of encapsulated one of the better parts of the night and just how absurd, absurd it got at times. That was it for me. That was going to be mine, too. So I'm going to pivot. Um, two-parter. Uh, another anonymous person doing the same exact thing. And Evan screaming, pointing it out. That was uh, really funny. And then also, you know, Michigan State giving the business to Wisconsin. That was, that was a good part of Friday as well. Yeah. That, that, was, a, that was a surprising game. And we and, learned our lesson of trying to keep tabs on sport games while logistically moving around cities and drinking. Yeah. And Evan asking me what the score was because he was uh, – to the point where the screens were blurry to him, so he couldn't see the score. So I had to keep telling him every time. It happened. Uh, shout out Luke, who told me we were actually losing, and I, I guess I screamed at him, saying, "What? You know, I, could just, I just couldn't tell what was going on on TVs." So we fast forward now to Saturday night. Same kind of idea, different city. What was the best part of Saturday night? I'll go first hmm. this time. Oh, go ahead. Uh, for me, it would be Evan's brother, Wyatt, getting on the stage and belting out, don't stop believing for the people. That would be my favorite moment of Saturday. I'll go second. This would probably be one of the top 10 hardest I've ever laughed in my life. Is <laughs> oh. uh, a member at the bar we were at singing Sweet Child of Mine karaoke version. And my stomach was actually hurting and I was doubled over laughing at how this man was performing this song and i can't sing myself so i feel bad making fun of him and then he also the theme of making out he gets off a stage and just starts kissing a girl 
after delivering the worst karaoke performance of all time. I wish I had it on recording. <laughs> Play that one more time. One more time so the people really get it. I just remember, dude, he went, whoa, oh, 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 sweet child of mine. <laughs> oh, it was. It was one of the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life. And then, and then, like, in the middle when there was, like, lulls in the song, when it's just so, just like, all right, let's get it, everyone. <laughs> just, let's have a night. He's like, you guys are having a good night out there. And then he just gets a groupie off stage and just makes out with it right when he walks <laughs> off. Evan, the Damn best party of your Saturday night. Um, karaoke all in all was pretty well. Um, shout out to the DJ. Just absolutely oh, great moment. Flawless of his karaoke. Um, didn't need the screen for the lyrics. Just perfect rendition. And he has a great vocal. So shout out to him. The next John Legend, it felt like. I, felt I was, I was witnessing that. that was John Legend on the, the street, birth on the, stage. the birth of a John Legend. Not enough people in the crowd were cheering for him. He no, didn't I get a big enough standing it. ovation. No, he should have no. got a bigger one. I was disappointed in the crowd. He was so humble, too. He jo- he like bolted right off stage to get back to the DJ booth to do his job. But, man, that guy was incredible. Yeah, yeah so it couldn't really have been good. more polar opposite from the guy that i listened to sing and him and i would say why our friend Wyatt was somewhere in the middle of those two feels yeah. right <laughs> why well, had probably top three crowd reaction of the night for sure I maybe felt, we were just in the front row so we yeah. couldn't tell <laughs> yeah i have no idea what it was like behind us but it felt like like people were into it i had my phone camera on and or my phone light on like a lighter and everything yeah, it was good um and then i guess to piggyback because there are different i mean that was that was a good question to really Capsulate the weekend but this last question is interesting too the listener wants to know will we ever go to rick's again i think that might have been it for me i don't know i mean it just it felt like it felt like i was at a bar with a bunch of 15 to 16 year olds and i just you know i just got to that point i was like you know i might be too old for this place that they they've really youngened the the clientele and you know it, I, I might end up in there again but as of right now it's probably a no i to piggyback off that and not to be a snitch but i don't think rick's american cafe has checked an id realistically in like three years so <laughs> something needs to be investigated there but yeah it's, uh, retirement is such a hard word but yeah i think i'm retiring from rick's now with that being said, you can always come out of retirement. Brett Favre did it a million times. But I will say this. I don't think I'll ever go to East Lansing again with like the main attraction, attention being we are going to Rick's. Now, but with that all being said, I still had a fun time. It's just you look around and it makes you feel uncomfy at times. And you try to avoid that the best you can. Yep. Evan, was it I'm your send off? I'm going to say never say never. No, not my right. send off. I'm fully expecting to make an appearance one last time in there. Maybe I'll remember it more than last time. Uh, so I would say that was not my last time ever being in Ricks. Yeah, and you, I can you, I can <laughs> confirm that it wasn't my last time being in Ricks. You don't. You can't go out with Ricks like a like I'm not gonna call it a loss that you had, but you can't go out like on a tough playoff loss like that. <laughs> you know, you you need to you need to come back and give it your all. 
Um, any other parts of the weekend, really? I mean, had a treacherous drive home Sunday morning. My goodness. Oh, it was miserable. It was it terrible was weather. Even worse, Evan, in the dark at 7 a.m. Dark, snowy conditions. That. There was one lane on the highway going 45, basically, all, all the way home. Grant's not a road rage guy, but his road rage was out on Sunday morning. I mean, he was that, yelling at anyone and anyone that would listen. I found out that when I'm sleep deprived and people are going 35 on a pretty much paved road that you can go at least 60 on, I get upset at them for not going faster, even though <laughs> it's a treacherous snowstorm. Got places yeah. to be, man. Come on. It's the one on the right. <laughs> All right. So it was quite the weekend. If anyone wants to talk to us more about it off the podcast, reach out. DMs are open for Evan. So if you want to know more information, slide in. <laughs> Especially if you're a female. Yep. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, females only, actually. <laughs> uh, so now we move into <laughs> the main attraction of the weekend, what we let off the show with. The NFL playoffs, my goodness. There's so many different ways to go to start here. We have a load of questions. I think what could be fun is that each of us give um, a one-sentence summary of how you would describe this divisional recap. I wasn't prepared for this. I know. Neither was I. Just hit me as I was talking. A I love it. one-sentence. What about one word? No, that's way too hard. I'll do the cliche. The league is in good hands for years to come. Ugh. Mm. Boring. What, Alex? Come on. Grow up. Dare you to top that. I don't know, man. You didn't you didn't really set us up well for this. Not my fault that your brain's tiny and can't think. Football is king and always will be. Great answer, Evan. I don't know, man. I'm blanking. Oh, are you kidding me? I I wish I was. I don't know. You guys summed it up. We've already talked about every angle of it in terms. We of haven't. Like we the haven't most discussed broad general terms. We've already said all the most broad general terms about you the, can, the you, weekend. You can you can go specific. It could be a best box. football weekend of all time. There you go. Great stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, we already said that. Let's start with the most recent game we watched, the Sunday night game, and work our way back um, with another listener question. Was Bills versus Chiefs the best football game ever? Should we go NFL football game? You should go NFL football game. You guys would probably say trouble with the snap because you probably... No. Emotions exploded in that game. Texas USC was a pretty good college game. So let's just go NFL only. All right. My answer is no. This is not the best NFL game ever. There are two games that are better than this one. Name them. That I've been alive for. That's all that really matters as well. Uh, the best game I've ever seen would be Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl. And the second one would be Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl. Those are my two. I think the Super Bowl definitely gives it an edge. And those games had like really memorable plays. This game... As, as amazing as it was, there's not like really one specific play. In a weird way, the play that would come out to me the most would be the Gabriel Davis snapping off a guy's legs and they lost. Evan with the P sign for Tyreek Hill. That was a sweet play. Yeah, I mean, 55-yard touchdown. But when I think about the two Super Bowl games, you have Julian Edelman's catch against Atlanta. Also, Julio Jones had a stupid catch in that game. And then you have the 
curse catch down the sideline when he bobbled it off of his legs and caught it against uh, for Seattle. And then obviously you have the Malcolm Butler pick. So those two games are the best I've ever seen. Uh, as a Chiefs fan, I will be biased here and say, yes, that was the best game I've ever seen. There's like four lead changes in the last minute 44. I mean, I it was a roller coaster of emotions. And, you know, it was my squad other than the Lions. So, you know, it was the best game I've ever seen. But I am biased. I would say that is the best playoff game I've ever watched. Yeah, I agree, Evan. So that 20, 25 Super- points in the last two minutes of the game. Uh, both quarterbacks played flawless. Insane. No turnovers. Only four penalties in the entire game. Mm. Not a ref show. Not a ref show. Speaking of the quarterbacks, that's a good point there. Did you guys get the feeling, I said this to Alex out loud, just watching Josh Allen and Mahomes throw a football, just the nerdy mechanics of how they throw it, the violence of which they throw, the spin on the ball, how quick it comes out of their hand, it's a different throwing motion than Jared Goff even has. Like Jared Goff comes back and like winds it up and noodle arms it when like Allen and Mahomes is like they're holding like a dart in their hand throwing it a board and it just snaps out and it's like they can throw it 75 yards and it just spins like a nerf ball it's Jared, just, it's not even it's not even the same sport really watching them play quarterback Jared Goff should not be mentioned in the same paragraph as the two of them never he's not even remotely close to them it, it was much different imagine if the Lions had something like that how much better oh. would they be? Oh my gosh, dude! Mm. I'd be I'd be broke. I'd go to try to go to every game. Mahomes was rolling right and did a little flick of the wrist past the defender, perfectly in the chest of Tyreek Hill. Just like Jared Goff can't even sniff doing that. No chance. No. No, absolutely not. It's crazy. It was unbelievable. Next, watching it, I said I want my next quarterback to be just like Josh Allen, but it's impossible to replicate him. No, he is a not six. Happening. He is a six-five athlete that can also run you over. He's better than any defensive back, so he runs way better than Cam Newton. He probably runs a four-five. Cam Newton was like the most person you can compare him like running style, like he's the running power sweep with him. Um, but also he can throw seventy-five yard bomb over your head if your safety's just standing flat-footed in the middle of the field, like he did on yesterday. He's insane. Yeah. And yeah, everybody's, everybody's joke out of the college is, oh, he went to Wyoming. Oh, he has accuracy issues. Um, see what happens when a quarterback actually works on things. Gets put into an offense that can develop. And then you put players around him to, for him to succeed. Wow, what a concept. You guys yeah, hear that? The, yeah, someone's plowing right now. We're just going <laughs> to yeah. grind through this. We're going to put the heavy noise reduction filters on this podcast. But... Back to the, the the throwing, yeah, it's like it's it is uh, the development, like with because in this first year he wasn't super accurate. Still, there was problems. It didn't look great. And then you just say you give him a chance. You don't write people off, and you put him with the coaches you said, and they develop him. And now he is what he is, and he's like super confident. And he's got he didn't really make any mistakes because like in his other playoff games he's been prone to mistakes in the learning curve. But like he doesn't really mess up. He didn't mess up at all. I think, what, he had nine touchdowns and zero picks in his two playoff games this year? Insane. Yep. And lost. 
and lost. Yeah. And I guess that kind of can pivot into another listener question. And, you know, the, the minute the game ended, I said, well, get ready for all the overtime rules change opinions and whatnot. And I guess the question I have to you and the question a listener wants to know is what should happen with the overtime rules in the NFL? What should they be? I think that it should be so similar with the field goal. If you kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance. I think it should be the same for the touchdown, but only one chance, you know? So if the team who wins the coin toss, they score a touchdown, the other team gets a chance to score a touchdown. If they both score touchdowns, it's just the next score wins after that. Because I mean, it could go forever. That's the whole reason why to have this rule. So I don't know. It's never going to be perfect. Look at the new college football playoff or uh, overtime rules and how garbage it is going for two, seven times. And that's not better. I think they let like a monkey pick an option out of a hat for that. That makes yeah. no sense. I mean, that's think about it. horrible. So as long as they don't do that, I mean, it's still better than that. They were running late in their meeting of how to fix overtime. And they're like, well, what if we just do this two point thing? Like, yep. Sweet. Time for lunch. <laughs> I lean towards you, Alex. I, but my, I'm going to try to explain it a little bit differently or how I'm viewing it. I'm fine if they keep this current format for the regular season. And then when we get to playoffs, it's think I'm just trying to visualize it like, cause I saw someone tweet about it. It was Tim Buckley, Tim Buckley, WX, I'll give him credit on Twitter talking about an analogy. We have to think about the possessions in overtime. I think would be best like extra endings in the MLB. Because he, you know, everyone kept saying, "Well, play defense, play defense." He was like, "That's like saying if uh, someone hits a home run in the top of the tenth and it ends the game, and then people would say, oh, well, you have to pitch better.'" It's like, well, the team that bombed the tenth still gets a chance to tie the game. Like the game's not over if you hit a home run in the top of the tenth in baseball. So, the, and that clicked in my brain. I'm like, that does make sense. Like, why wouldn't it, or couldn't it be? Uh, so in last night's game, the Chiefs go and score. The Bills get a possession. They have to score a touchdown, though. It's like that's that, that's it. Like the clock still runs and everything, but you have to score a touchdown. So then, other scenarios, the Chiefs kick a field goal. Okay, if the Bills kick a field goal in the one possession they get, it keeps going. If they score a touchdown, they win. And then if Chiefs don't score, Bills don't score. Now it's next scores win wins essentially because they both at least had a chance. So that's how I see it. I mean, you you have I want to see Josh Allen have the ball, and like everyone's like, "Well, we need to end the game." Well, I don't know. I would love to have seen like a five overtime game. I didn't want that game to ever end. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of boomer takes out there today. Like Grant, you were saying, I was like, "Oh, you should have just stopped him on your one possession you got." I was like, oh, "You you saw the way both of those offenses were working," and then I saw a bunch of good tweets yesterday. I said Josh Allen's biggest mistake of his career so far is calling tails in a football game. A 50-50 chance to get it right. And, he, of course, Josh Allen took the high road and said, if we got the ball and score first, we'd be celebrating too. Um, but I'm with you guys. Both teams deserve a chance of offensive possession. Um, and I think Colin Coward had the worst take of all time today. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. He was on his show saying they're never going to change the overtime rule because it gives a such disadvantage if the team plays an extra 10 to 20 minutes. Of the football game. And so I was thinking about this and I said, so imagine going into a locker room and going up to the players and say, sorry, guys, this is too big of a disadvantage for you guys for a chance to go to the AFC championship game. 
we don't want you to like get tired or get hurt. So we're just going to give the other team a championship. It, it completely just doesn't make sense. Like, okay, guys, you have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Or we don't want you guys to get tired for next week when you have six days off, seven days off. Which one are you picking? It, it's just like the boomer boomer mentality. Just does it, just, it for clicks. <laughs> I believe it, 100%. It, it grabbed you, Evan. It got you. You clicked. It, I was watching. And I was kind of in and out watching. And then I walked by the TV and I hear this. And I just stood and stared at him. I was like, there's no way he's saying this right now. And then Rex Ryan's on get up saying how, well, they had the number one defense in the NFL. Why couldn't you stop anybody? And so. I don't know. It's Patrick f***ing Mahomes and he's dialed in. <laughs> I, I don't blame you if you're going to argue, well, they should have never been in that situation to begin with. The overtime. Okay, but overtime happened. Get over it. Overtime. We're in overtime. Free football. Everybody loves it. Now that's when the rules need to change. Yes, the Bills could have done two things differently um, that everybody's going to talk about for the rest of the postseason until up to next year. Um, but over time, needs to change. Josh Allen deserved to have the ball in his hand. The only other option I could think of is just just kind of like college basketball or like the NBA. Just you know, just like a ten minute period, and just whatever happens. Who is ever winning at the end wins. Yeah. The problem is. You get to the point where if you go the whole 10 minutes and it's still tied, then then I don't know what you do. Keep going, baby. Then you can, this, you can do another 10 minutes, and then you could, do, you could also just do the college after that point, the 25-yard line or 30-yard line for NFL. Yeah. People forget this happened to the Chiefs against uh, the Patriots a few years ago. Same thing. And they tried to change it. Andy Reid it was part of a committee that like presented it, and they said, "No, we're not. We're not going to vote to like try that." It's because this it hasn't happened to somebody with power yet. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes was working his way up. Did it happen to him when he was too young? young. Too, he started too yeah. soon. If this happened to Tom Brady, or if this happened to the Dallas Cowboys, or if this happened to Aaron Rodgers, no, Aaron Rodgers chokes in the playoff. Um, Facts. Or if this happens to like a big market team, so like a Jets or a Giants team, you need like a major market team, then you'll finally see the role change the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, to go off of that, of the devastation of the game and like it has to happen to someone big and the poor feelings that come out of this game and the worst thing Jimmy, or not Jimmy G, the worst thing Josh Allen did was pick tails. Could you imagine being... A Buffalo Bills fan today and I want to ask you guys because it hit me as I was listening to the shows today and taking in all the news would you rather be a Buffalo Bills fan or a Detroit Lions fan Bills <laughs> now I know you're gonna say oh I we have Josh Allen we're gonna be around for the next decade guaranteed great they have won a playoff game but the suffering but it goes back to our point of would you rather lose I in horrific fashions but else, we always go back to would you rather lose tight, heartbreaking games or get blown out? In our case, like never really be in the dance. Like, there's something to be said of just living your nice, no pressure life of a Lions fan and just kind of always have the hope as opposed to just being crushed year after year after year and never winning like the big thing. No. In like in miserable, gut wrenching, missed field goals in the nineties, four Super Bowls, didn't win anything. Now you have Josh Allen. You lost at Arrowhead last year, and now you come back this year, and he no. plays his balls off, and they lose again. No, this is we had this discussion. Like win a national championship to suck for ten years. I don't want that. I want to always be good and have a chance. 
No, no, no. It's not like that because the Bills haven't won a national championship. They haven't done. No, no they I haven't. agree, Grant. I said you win a national championship, then you suck for 10 years. That's not the, the option I want. I would rather be good and never win and always be there and have a chance. The Lions are a puddle program. Disgustingly terrible. Haven't won right. a playoff game in our life. Haven't yeah. even been re- been close one time. Have never won the division in our life. But there is some comedy relief to that of being like that bad. Whereas the Bills, there's no comedy. That's like deep depression. How much it what sucks happened. to be eliminated from the postseason in like week nine every year. It sucks. It's not fun. Wait, we don't even watch our games. Waking up this morning, I'd rather be a Lions fan than a Bills fan. I would no, not. 100%, 100%. Waking up this 100%. morning. God. So that, that morning after feeling, I'd rather wake up today as a Lions fan than a Bills fan. I sure. feel bad for them because the gut wrenching. I do feel bad. It does suck. It does suck, but they were there and they Personally, were, right now, I'd rather be a Lions fan. Someone has to lose one of the greatest games in the postseason of all time. It just sucks that they You would not be saying loss. that if you were. You would be riding in the streets of Detroit going after Goodell to change the overtime rule if that happened it would to the suck. Lions. Yeah, it would really suck, but you know, I would be hopeful for the next season because I have a good team. Oh Dude, you imagine how miserable we all were after the Dallas playoff loss? Imagine doing that like eight times as a Bills fan. That'd be maddening. I would I'd be, rather be a Bills fan. Imagine after the Cowboys. Yeah, but... And Mahomes isn't now. going anywhere. We're Mahomes isn't now. going anywhere. Yeah. Social media is more relevant. You just you just have to live <laughs> with it. So you guys That's like it. just always being in this like endless rebuild mode where it's never no. going anywhere? You like that? I, I never, That's I better? That's like not, that was not the question. Grant simply asked this no, morning, forever. would you rather wake up as a Lions or Bills fan? And this morning, I'd rather wake up a Lions fan than a Bills fan. For just today, maybe, but that's not really what he was asking. Mm, until probably like week four of, of next season when we look terrible in our first four games. And I'm like, yeah, one and Bills three are sweet. after the first four games, then we can all just cheer for the Bills, anyways. Well, not me. And not you, Evan, because <laughs> you're a Titans fan. Correct, unfortunately. Can we talk about just, how the AFC is loaded with all these young QBs and the NFC is just doesn't have any? What was the deal yeah. with that? I had that in my massive QB uh, talent gap. It feels like how... Uh, why is there the no one in the NFC that's young? It's the Lions window, baby. That's why you want to be a Lions fan. Oh, fuck. Let, me think, <laughs> let me think about this. Let me think about the NFC teams. NFC teams. NFC Brady, Rodgers, old. Because it, all, has, it hasn't transitioned yet. Stafford, AFC was pretty old. AFC was... Uh, it's all old heads. They're Kyler, about to be out of the league. The AFC like got all the old heads mm-hmm. out sooner than the NFC. That's what they were probably thinking about like five, six years ago. Like, oh, look at all the good quarterbacks in the NFC. And the AFC had all the washed up quarterbacks. And now it's just a flip. It's a reverse. Yeah. Now the NFC is going to be going through what the AFC teams are going through. Oh, God, so you're telling me we're going to have Josh Allen soon. That's awesome. Maybe and a Mahomes. There, you will never find an L. Josh Maybe Allen. Maybe a we'll Joe never Burrow, find a Lamar. Maybe someone good. Lamar? Oh. I would still take him over what we have, Evan. Get him out. It's not even a top you 10 quarterback t- in the NFL. You would no. take him over. Out. Golf. Out. No. Out. You wouldn't? No. It's the, one of the most overrated quarterbacks of all no. time. No. Evan said no like that because he like is deep in his point. But like that out. was like a no. Like I know I should say yes. You yes can't the right thing. say that. You yes, wouldn't I can. take Lamar yes, over I can. Jared Goff. Joe Burrow won that division his second year over Lamar Jackson. Yeah. No. Evan, I already said Joe Burrow was better than him. I'm just saying you're taking – Jared Goff over Lamar is the stunning part, but we can move on. 
Someone clip that. it though for the future. It's a it's a good point. Don't clip it. It's a good point though of like having the hope as a Lions fan where we feed ourselves on hope of that the NFC is looking more wide open. Because if think about it, if we were trying to go through this Dan Campbell rebuild with um Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Herbert all like ready for the next decade, I pretty much would quit the NFL. I'd be like that. This is not fun. Like at least we can maybe hope in four, five years we can lose to one of those guys in the Super Bowl. Or, or maybe get lucky and win a game against them in the Super Bowl. But how could you have hope out? for this franchise? I like where it's trending. I mean, we'll get into this later in the offseason, but I am hopeful. I'm, I'm, they sucked me back in. I know we already got in this huge thing yesterday about it, but there's never yeah. been anything to hope for. Because some of these teams life. that are good now always sucked. And then they just. It, there's one blueprint out there right now. I don't want to get. We don't have to get too into it. We'll get to it. In a later show in the throes of the summer, but it, you just San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G in historically like, great franchise had like 10 completions in like 100 yards and beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field with a ridiculous D line and Debo Samuel. Yes, we that's what draft picks are for, Alex. That's why we're in the toilet right now. What we're build we're battling and building to that. Our offensive line is in yeah. place. We're gonna be able to run the football like them. Now we just need to add a couple more, like at least five more good pieces. A team that's been in like seven Super Bowls. Yeah, we're super comparable to that franchise. Get your I mean the pat yeah, sure. Having past prestige helps, but it's not helping the Packers. They're choking every year and they have this past prestige of Vince Lombardi. They still Give me a win. They still win the division, and they still get to the cool. NFC Championship. Hang your banners. <laughs> you've you've had thirty unabstr- hang your unabstr- six win banners, Grant. We haven't had, done anything. You have, sick. It's not about like I'm not trying to sell you that the Lions are good. I'm just saying, you when you watch thirty uninterrupted years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, and you have two Super Bowls, I don't feel as bad about being a Lions fan because that sounds miserable as well. That would be more maddening. Again, at least I know we suck. Yes, so you'd I'm rather a loser. Be a Lions I'm a fan loser. Than a Packers fan. Yeah. Waking up today. Waking up today. Yes, because Rodgers is gone, and you have Jordan Love unless you make a trade, and you're 50 million over the cap. So I'm what glad are you, you guys do are prideful, but being a loser sucks. So it does. But at least I have loyalty, and I don't jump ship. You're a Bengals fan I, right now. No, I'm not. Like, I don't like that's why I'm Saturday. I wasn't really cheering when they won. I almost felt guilty for Evan because he owns merchandise of the Titans and has been a fan of them longer. I felt like a fraud. I'll be honest. The fact that we have to have backup teams every year is the reason being a Lions fan stinks. We can't but ever just watch day, our own team be good. Yeah, but when we do, when it happens before we're 30 in the next seven years or six years, it's going to be one of the greatest days of our sport watching lives. Well, I'm looking forward to it if we ever All get right. there. I have to get something off my chest. I hope Evan agrees, but you know what? I'm so stuck in this point. I don't even care. I know Alex agrees. Tony Romo is the worst analyst in sports right now, and he's terrible. And I don't know how this hype got built. I guess it was kind of cool that he used to predict plays when he first started out. But that dude is absolutely atrocious at calling football games, and he actively makes me like the game less that I'm watching. He was horrendous yesterday, and that's an understatement. Maybe it was just yesterday's performance, but it's bad. And I don't like it. And I have several points of when he really irked me throughout the game. He talks well into the snap about some big picture legacy <laughs> that no one cares about in the moment. Oh, like he's hot. He's talking as like Devin Singletary is already five yards downfield about the legacy factors of Mahomes and, and uh, Allen in the fourth quarter. Like do that when you're coming back from break and set up the game. Don't talk. And then Nance has to like catch up and try to tell us what happened. 
And then he congratulated Sean McDermott on a playoff road win with 13 seconds left in the game. Like, dude, I mean, I, I pointed know that it's out very several un- times. It's very unlikely, but can we just not say like congrats to the Bills when the game's not over? And then the audacity to make America think that Travis Kelsey didn't catch that ball in the end zone to win the game. We're like, oh, he's not in gym. He's not in gym. As we're watching 15 replays, he's like, oh, yep, that is a catch confirmed. It's like, dude, can you just take a break, hit the weed pen, hit a cigarette, and just relax and enjoy the game and let the best one of the best voices in sports, Jim Nance, lead the ship and you just chime in with your analysis way less? It was bad, Evan. I'm hot and bothered. It, well, it yeah, because this is what happens when companies try to hire people that don't know how to broadcast. They just hire people, personalities. And you're that's just a warning sign. That's all, you're gonna guy? Get, that's all you're going to get from here on out. Is people Companies are just going to hire personalities, not people that actually like commentate or broadcasting for a living. Um, yeah, Drew Brees is a wet noodle. Yeah. Uh. He's okay. He's not good on broadcast. Just doesn't talk the, much. The thing, the biggest thing is that like <clears throat> they don't, what they're doing now is just taking them right out of the game and putting them right into the booth. Like Troy Aikman had to call a bunch of like overseas games and other games before he got his NFL shot. I remember reading that somewhere. Like he did not just get to come from being the Dallas QB into the NFL booth. He had to like work his way and get reps up to that. And I think if they did that, like you think about Greg Olson, he had, he had to do like, college games or orlovsky was doing college games and then like as they work then you see them on the big games the biggest games and they're like way more coached up and yeah. the moment's not too big for them greg Olson was tony, doing xfl games yeah tony romo's like a schoolgirl in the booth just just watching the game as a fan and just kind of screaming panties are dropping like you can't <laughs> unbelieve what's going on whereas i know some people get upset that al michaels and joe buck act like they've been there before but sometimes it's nice like to remind you that like we don't need to be pooping our pants at every 15-yard gain. I don't I don't know. I could rant about it for days, but try not to let it distract me from the glory of the football that I was watching. Best network to watch a football game, Evan? Rapid. Best network? For CBS. NFL game. Oh, he goes with Tony. I don't I'm, like Joe Buck and I don't like Collinsworth. I'm going NBC or Fox. I like both. CBS is my last. I'd probably go in that order too. I pick CBS because of Jim Nance. I love Jim Nance. I just I can't stand Tony Romo. It's really ruining it. Uh, let's transition to then the second game or the first game on Sunday. Evan, I think you're going to be doing most of the talking for this one. Stafford, uh. The legend of Stafford grows. The legend of Lions fans telling the nation he's been doing this for years, beating Brady. Might may have retired Brady. We'll see what happens here in the offseason. Um, we'll kick this off with another listener question. They want to know, how do we feel about Stafford winning? And do we want him to go get a ring? Or do you want the draft pick, uh, a better draft pick? Evan, your thoughts? We should all be cheering for Stafford because he was a able to escape the Lions organization. He now has more uh, playoff wins than the entire Lions organization in the Super Bowl era. Um, double. Okay, two to one. Congrats. It's double to Alex. Good for you, <laughs> Alex man. Lo- Alex loves true. Double. It's double. <laughs> cool. Um, do I want him to get a ring? Absolutely. Like, 
once you traded him to the Rams, you knew the Rams' goal to get one acquiring Stafford was to win a Super Bowl. So you already knew it was going to be in the playoffs. You already knew it was going to be past like 26 or on. So like that range, it doesn't really affect me. I'd rather see Stafford get a ring 100%. Yeah, I'm... I think we touched on it a little bit last week with the Cardinals game. I feel like I'm just indifferent or numb to all of it. This weekend did make me feel some emotions towards it, thinking like I felt happy for Stafford and also the um the in your feels moment of the way he was doing the clock it motion. And that's exactly like one of your moments, Evan, we with Calvin Johnson with the or Stafford with the Riley Riley. It looked just like that. It looked identical to it. Um, so that was kind of cool to see like the videos mashed together. But a- as happy as I was for Stafford forgetting it i just i got this weird feeling seeing videos on our shot michigan sports timelines of like lions fans screaming that's my quarterback and like flashing their stafford jerseys there's something about it just felt kind of weird but again like to each their own i'm just not in that camp per se i'm more in like well i like to be honest going into the season i wanted the rams to be a dumpster fire because if there was a chance we could get like a top 15 pick out of it i would have much rather have that but as you say now evan like it's i mean once they made the playoff it's going to be late 20s 30s so i don't really i don't really care if he wins a ring i'm not going to be actively rooting for it but i'm not going to be actively rooting against the rams next week per se i'm happy for him uh if he gets a ring that'd be cool if not i'm not going to be devastated I think the only thing that irks me is that Lions fans feel like the Lions are winning playoff games and the Lions are going to the NFC Championship. Like, you know, I just, it's not, I mean, I I like Stafford. He's a good guy. He did a lot for our franchise, a lot for the community, a lot of good stuff, but I'm not like ride or die. I need him to win a Super Bowl. It's not going to affect my life too much, but if he wins one, I'll be happy for him and be cool, but. I'm also not rooting against him, like Grant said, but it's just not, it's not something that, you know, pushes the dial either way for me. It, the tough part is the tough part to swallow. Like we know here that we root for a joke of a franchise, but him going out and doing this makes our franchise look even worse and more of a joke of a franchise. Cause like, it's just confirming all those biases and the questions in the back of your mind that you would have watching him play as the Lions quarterback. Like, how much of this is Stafford's fault? He he does throw untimely interceptions sometimes, but like this just cements the dude always had it, and he just had poor people around him helping steer the ship. And at least that, at least him and the Lions had a nice, friendly breakup. So I can I can be indifferent about it and like be happy for him when he wins. That's all I'll say, really. Um, but that game was drunk as well in a different way it wasn't like a beautiful game like buffalo kansas city it was just like sloppy and fumble galore and um spartan dog brian allen tough no. tough snap Ooh. tough communication between him got, and stafford there. got on the spotlight though a lot of camera yeah. time yeah some good pub there for him um but yeah that was that was a very exciting game in general uh i think we'll move to saturday night probably my personal favorite game of the weekend Oh my gosh. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were the number one seed, got a bye week, snowy, treacherous, Lambeau Field, a West Coast San Francisco team led by Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, I said Jimmy Garoppolo came into Lambeau Field and upset the Packers, who are now bounced with a salty quarterback who didn't even want to play for the franchise and then changed his mind midseason. He's having the time of his life. And they lost. And the scene of him walking off the field 
with his little hands in his pouch and he gives the peace out or the rock sign to the fans was one of the more fun moments I've had as a sports fan this year. And I know the people that listen, if you disagree with me or don't feel this way or root for a different team, oh, you sound like such a loser, Grant. Like you find this much joy from watching the Packers lose because the lines are so bad. Yes, I do. I establish I'm a loser NFL fan. I work for a loser franchise. So if that makes me a loser for finding this much joy in Aaron Rodgers' stupid face losing, then call me a loser. But I had a great time watching that game. A great time. It's my favorite part of the postseason every year when Aaron Rodgers I told, loses. I told the guy in the bar that we were at wearing an AJ Dillon jersey, sorry about the loss. I didn't mean it. I just said it because I felt I had to. I didn't mean it at all. I wanted to tell him your team sucks. Didn't you have mean- as many playoff you have as many playoff wins this year as we do. How's that feel, man? I didn't say it though. I was classy. Didn't he not even respond to you? He was just like, Yeah, it's whatever. Like he was so despondent. <laughs> Wearing a AJ Dillon jersey, five ties it sizes too big down to his knees. <laughs> True. Um, but and then also just for the background, it was a great moment. Uh, shout out to Evan. His eyeballs were working overtime when we got to that bar. So backstory was we were going to a bar celebrating the weekend of birthdays, and we listened to it on the radio. Which shout out the Uber driver for having that on the radio. That was incredible. Serious XM. So we also pulled up the video so we could kind of get um, both pictures. And it's when the San Francisco's driving. They get to like fourth and one and they get stuffed in Green Bay territory. There's like six minutes left. We're like, oh, this game's over. Like they can't move the ball. It's 10 to three. We get in the bar. We don't even really think to look at the TVs. At least I didn't. We were ordering drinks and the TV wasn't right there. It was off to the left. And I don't know how, Evan, the angle you saw, you're like, I think it's 10 to 10. And I was like, (laughs) what? You think it's 10 to 10? We just watched them get stuffed. They couldn't even have the ball back. And so we walk over. It is 10 to 10 and San Fran has the ball like close to midfield going you know, towards Green Bay's end zone. I'm like, what? So I go on like the score app right away and I'm looking at it and I just read like blocked punt. I'm like, Evan, they blocked a punt for a touchdown. (laughs) It was unbelievable. And they show the replay and we're just like, oh my God. So that in itself was one of the more surreal like moments of how did this even happen? And then we watched, you know, and then Alex comes over. Your your reaction, you're like, you couldn't believe it. You're like, I was stunned. (laughs) You're like, no way. This game was Jimmy Garoppolo had like eight completions when I left off. I'm like, there's no way this game is ever going to be for the 49ers. And then obviously you guys know what happens. They go and we get the, we get the clips after the game of gold saying that is so awesome. Then Jimmy G coming up and saying, fuck the Packers. Just great moments. Um, But Evan, did you find as much enjoyment out of the seeing the Packers lose as I did? Um, Probably not as much, but I did enjoy it um, to a certain extent. Friends of the podcast, um, rumor has mm. it, they were saying they weren't worried about this game facing <laughs> the 49ers. That friend uh, of the podcast was going to be on the show if they got into the Super Bowl. So, yeah. sorry about that. So, he wasn't nervous. Um, it's a playoff game. You should always be a little bit nervous. But the like the fact that the Packers went down scoring the first drive – Easy. 7 nothing. Boom. Just like that. And then you managed to only get three points the rest of the game. And Rodgers probably had his worst performance of the season. Um, didn't look like he wanted to find the right read. Looks like he was targeting a couple people too much or eyes were too much and didn't let the game flow to him. Um, but I do enjoy it because going into the season, I didn't think Rodgers wanted to play there. And I think all of the stuff about, oh, he's many relationships. I don't think that. Um, he's been asked in multiple interviews, like, oh, how's your timing 
Green Bay this year, and he always says, I'm enjoying playing football. He doesn't mention saying anything about uh, the Packers, and I, there's rumors that the Packers organization only calls him number 12 and call him by his first name. <laughs> so, And plus, Aaron Rodgers has killed the Lions throughout our entire childhood, so it's finally good to see that he goes out with his uh, tail tucked between his legs and goes out a loser. I was just going to say, as a loser. Loser. And great point there, Evan, because that's what I wrote down too, uh, hearing people discuss it. And you, you, you look at the other games we watched. We saw in that Sunday night game, Mahomes and Allen target a million different receivers. I mean, Gabriel Davis had four touchdowns. That just shows you they go through their reads and they throw it to who's open no matter what. Aaron Rodgers, I think 21 of his targets were to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones combined. He only threw to those two players, essentially, and just like was stubborn in his ways, like you said. And like Al Lazard didn't have a catch until like deep into the third quarter, I believe. And it just, I don't know what that is from him, of his stubbornness of thinking like, I'm not going to trust the play. I'm going to just stare down a dude. And it was clear after the first drive that San Fran's like, all right, if you're just going to stare down Devontae Adams, we're going to double team blanket coverage stack them whatever and it just wasn't there and i don't think they had tunyon obviously like he got hurt earlier in the year so it was a mix of weapons but their team was loaded their defense was fully healthy i mean they had guys making plays it's not like san fran played good uh and then another thing that was fascinating i guess um in circles nfl analytic circles they keep stats of special teams and whatnot and the packers the whole season had the worst special teams in the entire league 32nd it's the first time a one seed had ever been 32nd in special teams rankings and it showed i mean they uh had a field goal blocked and they had a punt blocked for a touchdown so the special teams actually did come to fruition in that game and it hurt them and it's stunning and like you said evan with the toxicity in the franchise you have to think like this could be the end that could be the last game for rogers in lambo and i'm fascinated to see where he goes it kind of makes me little nervous because i feel like if he goes to the right situation he'll be right back in the super bowl because maybe just a change of scenery will do him good but i don't know it'd be kind of fun if he stayed there as long as he didn't torment us too much and continue to like lose in the playoffs because it's kind of comical at this point and the rogers brady debates can end forever if you ever come in that anyone comes at me with that if anyone comes at anyone with that like i think rogers i don't know when they vote but i'm pretty sure he was like the front runner to win mvp but it just feels so wrong if he wins that after what i watched from quarterbacks around the nfl who's gonna weekend. win it like, uh i don't know matthew I, stafford i honestly think cooper cup should be the mvp in the entire league he was unbelievable he's an unbelievable football player won the triple crown for the uh wide receivers yeah you just don't see stuff like that yeah yeah so if I had a vote, if I, if, which we should, because we're national analysts who are smarter than Colin Cowards of the world, I'd vote for Cooper Cup. Um, the last game, sorry, Evan. I'm not going to be oh. gleeful. I'm just going to say Ryan Tannehill, woof. Dude threw three picks, and two of them were absolutely massive blunders. And he couldn't just play the Jimmy G role and hope it worked out. He just tried to do a little too much. And, uh, I mean, it really cost them. They, I watched back the game again today just so I could piece it all together. Both teams seem to run the ball pretty well. Jamar Chase is in yards after catch. Jesus, like he's just incredible at it. So hard to tackle. Uh, but it just felt like a game. I'm not going to have some fake bravado for my, my Bengals that we're going to go into Arrowhead and win. Like they got really lucky in that game. So I'm just happy to be here at this point. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think you can put the loss on Tannehill. It's pretty simple statement from evan who are you eyeing in the quarterback market 
it's unfortunately Tannehill's going to stay there because of his cap hit. Um, there's not really that many quarterbacks that fit that scheme to be like a game manager. Um, Jared Goff. Um, okay. Um, but it is just devastating okay. that you have two weeks off, a week off as a bye. You're the one seed, and you're only managing 16 points to a solid defense. I wouldn't say they're fantastic. I wouldn't say they're overwhelming. Um, your secondary is got caught up with them below average. You you generate nine sacks. So you sack Joe Burrow nine times. How do you think that game's going to go? I think you'd win by ten points at least. Titans win by ten. You're like, hey, you get nine sacks. Derrick Henry scores a touchdown. You're feeling good. No turnovers, untimely turnovers. And Grant, you said it like he had to be a game manager, not cost him the game. And those turnovers are the the number one why. Um, obviously you can like okay, you can come back from like that first drive, um, play action. You know. See if they're going to bite on Derrick Henry, and the safety didn't bit. Uh, so, like the bad ball at the line, and the the interception late at the end of the game. So, where was he looking on the third pick? What was he looking at? You know, Alex, I don't really know. Um, I tried to get over it. Uh, I wanted them to like run the ball more. Clearly, obviously, you can't run just into the crowd. Um, but they refuse to have just a QB sneak on third or fourth and short. Um, we were watching, it was like short, fourth and, it was at the end of the game, fourth quarter. Yeah, it was oh, the, seven the minutes third and, left. Third the and third one. and one, when they read, read option with Tannehill. They run a read option instead <laughs> of running just a QB sneak. I'm a QB sneak guy, always will be. Third and one, no, QB option. Okay, now it's fourth and one again. Now we're going to hand it off to Derrick Henry, but we did do this slow counter, fake handoff left, come back to the right. Well, the entire Cincinnati Bagels defense says, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to blitz everybody. Engage eight. And it was a negative two-yard loss. Engage 11. It's Cincinnati came back and didn't do anything in six plays. They got sacked. Um, and then you throw the interception at the end of the game. You basically handed the, the win to Cincinnati. Well, Evan McPherson took it. Great kicker. Wow. I think he's got to be top three in the league after what I saw Rookie. on Saturday. Nails. Um, And Evan, to go off of that point, a big picture takeaway I had while I was sitting here today thinking about the game is like the amount of coaches and coaching blunders we saw where they just overthink the game because these moments get so much pressure. One, it makes me nervous for when Dan Campbell is inevitably in that situation because we will be on the right path here in the right. near future. But like, well, let's just run through the games. I mean, even the teams that won had some blunders. Um, not sure what Andy Reid was thinking there on uh, fourth and one, putting Blake Bell under center and running a nice little speed I was option not with him. Thrilled about that. <laughs> Alex was cursing his name, cursing Andy Reid's name. Like you have the best. I said some mean things about Andy Reid. In the <laughs> like, if you're gonna do the Blake Bell thing that you've done all year, or Travis Kelsey, just at least do the QB sneak like you've done. Why run a speed option that was into the into short the side, short of, the side of the field? Oh my god. Um, you, the Chiefs, you have not electing to squib kick uh, deep or whatever, you know, to take some seconds off the clock. You kick it into the end zone. And then you run like the softest Charmin pillow prevent defense two plays in a row where you're just <laughs> gifting them 20 yards. It's like, did they forget that a field goal tied the game? I'm not sure. And then on the flip side of that, uh, Tampa Bay, you get all the way back in the game. And then Todd Bowles is like, you know what? Let's cover zero and just like get beat that by Cooper was- Cup. 
It's like I understand you don't, want to, you don't want to play prevent defense, which I'm all about. But let's not go Greg Williams, New York Jets, and just blitz everyone and lose the game. And then um, on top of Vrabel's and Tennessee's mistake, I think on the play calling there that they big brained the first touchdown and um, they Cincinnati jumped jumped off sides so they get it from the one like now we're gonna go for two it's like let's just kick the let's just take the point I mean I know maybe the odds tell you getting it from the one is so much easier but I don't know what the point I don't know like how advantageous that is to happen so these coaches that are so revered and whatnot they just slip up sometimes and it just shows you how I guess people's brains break in these big big situations and never forget Matt LaField goal last year right I think that game, from what I saw coaching-wise, was pretty clean. I don't I think know. there was any I just blunders. wanted to get some Packers slander in here. Also, after that game, the uh, the debates of, like, should playoff games be in, like, good weather places and domes? Should everyone be in a dome? Because it's just... It was weird, I'll say, watching that game and then watching the first game on Sunday. It was, like, a different sport. <laughs> but I guess that's, the, you know, that's the advantage. So, I, I like snow games, but it is kind of interesting. You know, a playoff game can just be shrunk into, like, way less points because of the conditions one team lives in. Yeah. And then my last thing I want to have, I saw a cool stat today. Just a, kind of a, makes you think like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Kansas City was the first team, will be the first team ever to host four straight AFC championship games. Do you guys know the team that they were tied with um, that they just beat? No. Buffalo. Philadelphia Eagles hosted three straight from 02 to 04. And the head coach of that team was Andy Mr. Reed. Andy Reid. So Andy Reid is a conference championship hosting extravaganza. You know, they That's pulled just up what that he does. graphic on uh, AFC championship appearances, and Donovan McNabb had four. And I was like, "There's no way he had four. Only went to one Super Bowl and got shellacked." I only remember him in the NFC championship game. I think it was against like Atlanta and Mike Vick. Was that an NFC remember, championship I game? That. That's like the only uh, one I remember as a young child. Uh, the Panthers. He would have played Delome at one point. I right. don't think he. Pl- no, I don't think yeah, he played. Must have. I don't think he played. The, there's no way he played Mike Vick. No, I'm like very sure he played Mike Vick at least in the playoffs. Probably in the playoffs because what? Okay, what Super Bowl was Mike Vick in? If it was an NFC Championship game, it could have been the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. They could have beat the Falcons in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. Oh. But, you know, it could have been a divisional game. Either way, that's like the only game I remember in uh, the Donovan McNabb playoff era. Oh, could have beat the Eagles in that year. Yeah, probably. All right. Well, our last NFL question, very last one, be quick, um, from our listener, Gino. As you woke up today and you saw what it takes to be an NFL winning team, who would you prefer the Lions to draft on this day at number two and like one sentence, why? Go ahead. You've been going first all day, man. Whoa. It's all yours, man. Floor is yours. <laughs> um, I would say waking up after the divisional round. Who do I want? I would say a pass rusher, so I'd probably say Hutchison or Thibodeau. Um, I'm. I agree. I for I me, I've narrowed it down to Hutchinson for now. I just think you look at all the sacks that we saw this weekend and the dominant D line play. We don't have that, and we talked about how bad our sack numbers were last year. Pass rusher, no doubt. Probably, I if I had to pick today, I'd go Hutchinson. But if you identify Brad Holmes and you're like, "Hey, Kenny Pickett or Cor- Corral is Josh Allen," draft him there. <laughs> if they turn to Josh Allen, then yes, yes. 
All right, so let's get into some college hoops. Cue that CBS intro music. I kind of forget how it goes, or like the round ball rock that Fox now has, which is awesome. Uh, Our two teams trending upwards, trending upwards. Um, Let's still start with the team that is not ranked in the AP. We'll start with Michigan. They turned things around after their COVID break, so maybe the COVID plan pause, joking, was successful. Joking. Uh, It was cool to dunk on Dan Dockich. Uh, I was going to tweet about him so he would block our account because say, hey, Dan Dockish blocked us, sweet. Because he said uh, after Indiana beat Purdue, IU basketball played so well yesterday, dot, 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 like Michigan might try to duck the game, just kind of like Michigan might not want to play him. Well, sorry, Dan. I know your team was undefeated this year at Assembly Hall until the Dickinson Dick Man came in there and just dicked around and scored almost 30 points right in, in your face. And the man, the myth, the freshman, Caleb Houston, has come to life after we coached him on how to be. He listened to the podcast. Pro- <laughs> productive. I mean, it was pretty obvious. We didn't, we didn't reinvent the wheel. He just started simply making open shots, which was a great thing to see. Started talking some trash, got a technical after making a shot. You don't see that often. <laughs> I'm not sure what he could have said there. But my review of recent games was Maryland stinks. So there wasn't much to really read off of that, but it was good to see them make shots and then IU, that was a really massive win. Um, I talked to Alex earlier in the year. I try to think about March Madness and what it all means and what factors get you there. And whether we like it or not, according to my source, Alex Gillen, the net ranking matters. That is what the committee that goes off of a lot at. of times. It is. And whether you, whether you like the algorithm or not, whether you're a Ken Palm guy or not, Michigan jumped from 54 to 38 in the net after their win against Indiana. So now they are a top. They are a top. 10 seed, 9 seed in the NCAA tournament. They're back. The expectations are back, guys. What a a difference a one week made of no expectations for this team, NIT bound. No. Now it's time to put your foot down and build off this momentum. Um, But as we might get to in the um, preview of the Michigan State game in the week ahead for them, uh, obviously Northwestern, they play midweek Wednesday. That's a trap spot because you just had a massive win. We saw Northwestern come into the Breslin Center and beat them so definitely could happen at chrysler got to play discipline basketball against them so we'll see how that goes but uh feeling good about the basketball team i root for and i'm curious i know you guys we got the big 10 big 10 leaders right now probably favored big 10 champs regular season sitting across from me on the zoom call so how do you guys feel about the michigan state spartans after they dusted brad davidson in the second most watched college basketball game on fs1 of all time what (laughs) That cannot be I'm right. Dead serious. <laughs> I just read that on Twitter like 20 That's minutes ago. It was, on, it was on like five TVs at Rick's. Bad, most, second most watched of all I, did, time. I technically did not see that TV if that was at Rick's. <laughs> it was, you know. I'm feeling great. This guy is not falling in East Lansing. I mean, I think it's Big Ten regular season champs are bust at this point. Not to put too much pressure on the guys. Yeah, no, I agree. We need to play better at home. But we're road warriors. We are undefeated on the road this season, including a big win against Grant's alma mater, Butler. <laughs> what you guys? Um, what you guys? Lo- what you guys like most from their performance against Wisconsin? Um, I would say spreading it around. I think it had five double-digit scores and being able to win in that environment by the margin that they did with Gabe Brown scoring three points. You know, I look at that and I'm like, wow. That is a team effort, picking up the guy that was struggling and, uh, you know, carrying through against a top 10 team. 
Um, yeah, I would say it's scoring, obviously. We talked about a little bit how there's no like superstar on the team, but you can have like balanced scoring if somebody's having an off game, and that showed up. Uh, 50% from the three, 52 from the floor, held them in the 40s from both, and we got to the free throw line, so we made 22 free throw attempts. 22 for 28, so we made 22. Um, and then obviously we out-rebounded them. They were out with their number one center. He's like the third option in scoring for them. So like give or take here and there. Um. But, you know, 13 turnovers is still a lot. But with yeah. this team, the progress needs to be made where it's like those turnovers. And our two-point guards only had four turnovers, so the 13. Uh, so Walker had three of them, but Hogard only had one turnover in 25 minutes of action. Hogard had his best game of the season by far. Yeah. I mean, he four was rebounds, impressive. eight assists. He was eight from 10 from the free throw line. So that means he's driving. He's getting fouls called on him. Um, he played really well. And like I know it was super early in the game, but when you get down eight nothing on the road, especially at Wisconsin, and then you come back and you just put the throttle to them in the first half, it's good to see good response from this this team. Yeah. No, it was I it was gritty. If you're just box score peaking, which I kind of am, because after the first half, you know, I didn't see much of the X's and O's of this game. But you look at that, like I think it was good game planning of Michigan State looking across at the other five people they were playing, saying, you know what. We're like a better athlete than all of these kids at every position. You know, maybe Johnny Davis has a case to be made, but he's probably being guarded by Christy or Gay Brown, who are just as athletic. Like, we're just going to get to the paint and make this a game that we muck up and, like, get to the line and get our points that way. And then you add on to that going 6 of 12 from 3, like, 50%. I mean, as a team, unbelievable. So, But it shows, like, you look at Wisconsin, 29 threes. So Wisconsin couldn't get into that paint. They had to settle for all these deep shots. Yeah, you look at the box score, Johnny Davis 25, Brad Davis in 22. But then outside of that, no one does anything. So you just kind of funnel everything into those two and so make Chucky Hepburn beat you. And it's like, well, he can't. He, he can't did hit some distance. shots. He did hit some <laughs> shots. I, I, Chucky didn't need that stray. But what I'm saying is like, you guys were like, you know what? We're just going to get into the paint against a team that's not as, as athletic as us and then rely on our defense to you know force them to these outside shots. And you think about like, 29 threes they made 12 that game could have been way uglier like they shot 40 almost 42 percent from three shooting that many threes that's not a guarantee so it could have been a way uglier game than it even was so i think just overall that's just like gritty in the paint basketball that michigan state's known for and plus on top of that you say yeah john davis had 25 points quietest he had 25 points, points on 20 shot attempts he was yeah. eight for 20 from the field so, I mean, I'll take that all the time. And miss I will say, shots. Brad Davidson, he lit it up. He played really well. He's like 8 yeah. of 11. He was 6 threes. for 10, so he made half of their threes. He was 6 for 10 from the three-point line. Yeah, he, um, he was too late. He kept a minute. But now I think, you know, we, we tee up Super Tuesday in the Big Ten. I'm very fascinated to see how this matchup goes between Michigan State and Illinois. My, if I had to pick right now, my gut says Illinois is winning the game. That's not like a, that, that's probably expected. I'm sure they'll be favored because I think what I talked about there with the athletes, like they have the guards. Um, Trent Fraser is just going to be an absolute menace. Um, but then again, you know, you guys had a blueprint to beat basically the same team. They've had some better three-point shooting pieces. They don't um, have Iowa Sumo though. Alfonso Plummer, um, Granderson is shooting well, and I believe Kofi is like going to be fine. Everything because of concussion that he went through, he'll be back. But I know some people on the show do not fear Kofi. I'm not saying you should, but I'm just saying, obviously, 
Wisconsin was a good test. I think Illinois is a, even a test above. So I'm very curious to see how you, how you guys feel the vibes going into this game and what we're looking for here in the matchup. Well, um, what was that? Uh, Illinois, according to ESPN, has an 80% chance in the ESPN BPI to win this game. Uh, you know, looking at the stats, when I was looking at the Wisconsin stats before the game, Michigan State was better in almost every category. This is kind of the reverse. Illinois is better in a lot of the categories. Uh, score more points, give up less. It's almost the same field goal percentage. They actually rebound better than us, which is a little surprising. So going into it, you know, I'm definitely much more nervous than the Wisconsin game. Um, but, you know, they had the blueprint last year to rough them up. Really need to muck this game up as much as possible, I think, and just, you know, battle down low, get Kofi uncomfortable, maybe get him in some foul trouble early. That would that would really help. Uh, I'd say the X factor that I don't know a ton about is, has Curbelo been good since he returned? Phenomenal. Yeah, that, that part really scares me. Cause, you he know, had like over 20 versus Purdue in his first game back. Hogard, you know, he did just have his uh, best game of the year, but uh, I'm a little nervous with him on a shiftier faster point guard like Curbelo. So I'm a little nervous how we're going to do defensively on him, but you know, the odds are probably not in our favor, but you know, we're road warriors and we're gritty. So there's always a chance. I mean, I do like our chance in this one. I'm a little bit more nervous, more nervous than Wisconsin because it's a real game in the big 10. Um, Kofi probably will be back, but I think Kofi is a uh, stat stuffer against inferior opponents. And that's when everybody's going to glamor and, brag about him when he actually gets to like big time competition his stats kind of come down to like average throughout the NCAA um he doesn't move well in the paint doesn't defend well on pick and roll situations you can match up there uh Bingham maybe he'll hit a couple jump shots I don't know if he will be able to but you can at least get him away from the basket where you can drive and then their guards are talented but they don't wow me enough to where they can like Take over a game, I should should say. They're on the shorter end. Our guards are bigger collectively. Um, so whoever Christie or Gabe Brown are on is going to be a matchup in our favor. Uh, and it's just all how are you going to manage the fouls? How are you going to manage the help side defense against Kofi? It's you got to limit one shots um, and then get out and run. Get him in a track meet and see how many fouls he can get early. I think yeah. Michigan did pretty well against him for the most half when we saw him. And so he's going to get his rebounds. He's going to get his points. It's just you got to limit it where he's not the driving factor for their offense. One other thing I'd add is Gabe Brown cannot disappear in this game either. I mean, he got away with it last game. Everyone stepped up, but I don't think that's a, a recipe going forward. You need him to get his 13.6 points per game. You need that from him. I think he was and one for seven against Wisconsin last game. I mean, worst thing possible, you have Sissoko, and you tell Sissoko, hey, man, you got five fouls, use them all. And you just oh, turn I it to hack and check with Kofi. Break his nose again. You're, you're going <laughs> to see Sissoko on Tuesday. I'd be surprised I mean, if you didn't. You just turn Illinois to, fans are going to be in his butt. He's shooting like 50% from the free throw line. 67.6. I can't wait to watch this game. I'm he's shooting, shooting 60%. Rather up thinking about see it. him shoot two free throws and then him trying to just attempt an easy dunk. So... It's going to be a collective think, effort. Yeah. I think Bingham's length can get to Kofi. It did last year. 
You know, he's it got the did. long arms. I think Kofi could. Bingham's just got to get make sure that Kofi doesn't get into his chest. Because if you if the guy's taller than you and you get into his chest, he can't go vertical on you because then he's over your over your hand. If Bingham can get away from him where it's just jumping from that situation, I think the length can bother him. Brad it's, Underwood it's, did not commit to uh, Kofi Coburn playing today, by the way. So we might be talking about all this for nothing. Well, good. And then it's also helps on – you need help side, weak side, and then you need a rally when the ball gets kicked out. I don't think Kofi passes well out of the paint because I feel like no. he's just a black hole as soon as he gets it. He's does going not up with pass. it no matter what. So he does that's not. a benefit for us. Now, this the preview for our game might be kind of uh, shorter because I was. The, I think the best way to ask it for the Michigan-Michigan State game, 12-30 CBS, prime slot on that day. Uh, Alex and I will be skiing during that, so I'm not sure how we're going to have to figure out. How great to great plan, guys. Yeah, I can't believe we messed that fantastic. up. So it might be like a – I'm thinking championships. If we're, if we're thinking we right really now – really messed up, Evan. What I'm thinking is what we do is uh, we come into the ski lodge around like 1.30. So like at the end Catch of half the time. Second half. And then we just watch the second half. We go back on the mountain basically after that. Unless it's a blowout. Unless it's a blowout, then who cares? So I guess the way I want to say is, um, I'll answer it first. But my question for us is, how uh, is there any other preview X's and O's you see for this game as opposed to when we first broke down the game we were thought was going to happen? And for those that don't know or haven't heard, you can go back and find that episode, obviously, of like when we broke down what we thought would be the first matchup. For me, I don't think really much has changed other than like x's and o's wise like my x factor of houston having to make shots all the same thing i think maybe i just have a little bit more confidence in the michigan team to show some fight and grit defensively to keep this game closer like i still do not think they're gonna win and my reasoning is too i was thinking about this the other day uh, after they beat iu which was a fantastic win don't get me wrong but you also have to realize the situations of let down spots and get up for spots it was a must win for michigan after they played uh, Maryland on Tuesday, so they had a bunch of rest before Sunday. The game wasn't until Sunday. Meanwhile, IU had a knockdown dragout fight. The game of their season versus Purdue won the game. Everything goes to their head. They blow it. Now we have the dread situation for Michigan where the state game will be their third game in the week, you know, starting from the calendar day of Sunday. That's your third game of the week. So I'm more just hoping they, they put to bed Northwestern and go out there and give it their all against Michigan State, but there's going to be some tired legs, whereas the schedule in this case helps Michigan State in a sense because you guys get you guys got your game out of the way Friday night, then have Tuesday, then you get the break until Saturday. So it's going to be advantageous for Michigan State in that situation. So that plays into the X's and O's. And I just think like the idea of the anger that was felt by Michigan State when they had to drive back to East Lansing after the game got canceled, whether – we know the protocols were met and all that stuff, but there's still like just going to be that anger they can muster up. Maybe Michigan can take the duck comments and it, it might be a very angry game on Saturday. I cannot wait for it because I could definitely see the Michigan team rallying in their locker room saying all the, they read all the tweets about how they're scared to play Michigan state. I think it's going to be an all time Michigan, Michigan state game, at least out the, like the energy out the gate. And you have the villain of all villains in college basketball of, Dickinson, if he did, if he has a game like he did against Indiana, and it's a tight game, and he's doing like the 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 motions, like dropping his dick basically on the court and pumping up the opposing student section, my goodness, they might need bodyguards everywhere. Like that's going to be 
next thousand times 10. So I'm all excited for that, but I still don't think like the Michigan team really will have a jump juice at the end of the week. I hope I'm wrong, but I will say this, this is why I'm a delusional fan. I'll, I'll just keep the hope is like the scenario is if Michigan state were to lose both their games this week and Michigan were to somehow win the fact that state would be six and three in the conference and Michigan would be sitting right there at five and three would be stunning considering how like the first half of the season is portrayed and it would just give me a new life for this season. That's all I want just to be back in that mix of the big 10 race with the big boys, but I don't see it happening. So I think nothing's That's changed. That's my long-winded answer. Nothing's changed for me other than I want whoever's on Caleb Houston um, to just put him in a torture chamber. Michigan's offense is much better when he can shoot. It's not doesn't take rocket science to understand that. Uh, so I would just you know put someone on him, make him extremely uncomfortable. You can based on what I've seen this season. If you if he starts starts slow and struggles early, he's not gonna figure it out. It's not gonna get better for him. So if you can do that, you know, you make Michigan one-dimensional with just Dickinson and Eli Brooks again, and then they're nothing special. They beat Maryland, who's awful. I understand they beat Illinois, but Illinois had some guys out and COVID issues and whatever. But they beat Maryland, a bad team, and then they play Indiana in a bounce back. Impressive win. They did play super well, but um, my outlook on Michigan hasn't drastically changed. I mean – we talked about how they probably should go one and one or two and zero oh in those games, anyways. So nothing's really changed for me. Um, I feel like they're getting better defensively as a group. I think that Illinois game was a little turning point for how much effort you have to give. Um, I'm expecting them to. They're obviously going to play better. Um, I'm expecting them to come out just with as much energy, is wanting it than people are probably expecting uh you know x's and o's you know you got to limit dickinson down low and then i think michigan state has to get out and run because michigan's not as deep off the bench as michigan state um but it's going to be a great atmosphere um it's kind of hard to look forward because it's saturday it's a whole week in front of us and we both play a game so you never know we both could lose on our weekday games and then just kind of be a mute point but yeah, and all all this is like assuming everyone's healthy, obviously. Yeah. Because like then it was throw everything yeah, out yeah. if something happens midweek. Yeah. Um, but being into the student section is going to be electric factory. Uh, we'll see how responsive fans are to the Michigan team. I know Izzo was like, I ah, don't blame them. So, but we'll see. We'll see if there's any bad blood between the players. Like you touched. There's going to be there's going to be so many like duck references in like t-shirts or like signs. Like it's going to be crazy. There might be like little rubber duckies that they hand out that they throw in the air when the first basket's made. Michigan state doesn't really let us do anything fun. So oh, that's there'll definitely happen. be, there's going to be shirts for sure. Someone's definitely like been working on a, some, I mean, they're going to be funny too. I'll laugh at them. If it's well done, you got to tip your cap to it. Michigan's definitely going to play well. And it's not, it's not going to be some 40 point blowout, but yeah. It's a rival. Game. Thing it's going to be tight. I'll leave it. Because I'll leave it with is if Caleb Houston makes his first three, bad news for Michigan State fans. Good news for Michigan because it really is as simple. If he makes the first one, he just plays differently. And then the surprising guy off the bench for Michigan was Terrence Williams. He had a really nice game in Indiana. So if you can get that, because you thought you could have Brian Johns be productive, he also did make a three in his return to action. So that was good. But if those two guys can give you anything from like that backup power forward position, that will definitely help them in this game. Because like Evan said, the bench depth is not great for Michigan. I mean, you had 25 from one guy and 19 from the other. And then Terrence Williams had 10, which is unexpected. So 
well, it's still a long shot for them. Don't get too crazy, Michigan fans, leading up to that game. Don't start talking trash. I would not bank on Terrence Williams to have another game like that against Michigan no. State. But. No. Um, all right. I'm excited for this. The hangover draft. I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't that mean you're drunk? No. It means I was drunk yesterday. Similar to our Christmas one and ones we've done in the past, we're just kind of doing them more nonchalantly with just us three with no voting, just kind of, but they're still fun topics to talk about. Again, inspired, like we said, off the top from um, our friend Evan's experience this weekend uh, on Saturday, waking up and he grinded. He, he performed at night. He, he, he drank beer. I watched it happen. He did not go cold turkey like in past times that he's had the situation happen. Yeah. <laughs> but the categories are five categories, a drink, a food, a cure, a mindless show to watch, and your worst next day obligation. And I want to say to a cure can be a food or drink as well, but you could like draft it and say, that is my cure. I'm using it for that category. Cause there are people believe some cures that fall into the food and drink category. So kind of play it by ear. Hopefully we don't have to veto anything uh, and see how this goes. Um, the random number generator. It's been a minute guys. So Alex is going to be one. Evan is going to be three, and I'm going to be two. Two. I will go. Hmm. Fuck. I'll go two. I'll go right in the middle of this draft. Wow. Three, Evan. I'll go number one. Why not? Screw it. And Alex third. I love that when Evan always has the chance, he goes first, even though he hates having to make like decisions the, on the, the pressure decision yeah. of the draft i feel like the draft is so much more relaxing if i'm not the first pick um, yeah no, all right, i don't want to be first any category you want any category i'm gonna go with food first um hangover i'm gonna do bacon egg and cheese bagel nice can't some complain substance, can't argue um, some grease some good quality eggs and then a bagel with cream cheese um go to breakfast and i think it hits differently in the mornings is there any um, specific place that you like getting that from? Uh, not really. I'm, I'm more of a home cook kind of guy because change up the eggs. Sometimes mm-hmm. scrambled, sometimes over easy, sometimes hard. So, And then that way you can put as much cream cheese as you like on it. Yeah. So me, hmm. Evan went food. I will go with... The worst next day obligation, and it's just work. If you're ever really hungover and you have to go to work, <laughs> it's potentially one of the worst things of all time. Yeah. Uh, Alex, faster horses, baby. Monday I know you're, you're thinking about that right now. Worst day of my life. I'll never forget it. That was the worst day of my life. <laughs> and that's honestly what I thought about when I was going to make this my first pick. I was like, yeah, I, like that just stinks so bad. Oh, man. All right. I'll go uh, cure. Um, sleep pretty simple oh, nice and, th- and you know what that's a great pick because that's the only like real cure there is that, like everyone there has isn't anything little, else <laughs> yeah like if you're really hungover, the only thing that makes you feel better is just time lapsing through the form of sleep yeah so back to you uh i'll go worst next day and i'll go uh it's kind of broad but like a family event like, we have to go see a bunch of people. 
social. Being social, yeah. yeah. Like a family holiday. Yeah. Seeing just what, aunts and uncles, yeah. and they're like, oh, are you hungover? Y- you know what? I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quit asking me. <laughs> Which is always why the night before Thanksgiving is so weird that it's like the biggest bar night. You know, yeah. you think you just want to not go hard that night. Um, My second pick will be... I'll go drink because I'm going to bank that you guys will not steal my mindless show. My drink is just, oh, man, this is tough. Do I do like the obvious one? Because there's an obvious one staring us in the face. I think we all know it. There's one that I I like the most. I'll go with what I like the most, and it's a large iced coffee with a little bit of cream in it. It's fantastic. Could Could be McDonald's with the sugar. Could be Starbucks. I just love a nice large iced coffee and i've read that coffee can actually make your hangovers worse uh, i don't think it's the case i'm not going to consider it the cure but it definitely doesn't make me feel worse it makes me kind of like get a little bit of life in me all right tab it um, i'm gonna go drink and i'm gonna go uh gatorade or powerade Oof, nice um, good one personal preference i'm a huge lemon lime guy i was Ooh, super hungover gross. i don't know why i just that tastes the best to me the next day. The electrolytes. Never been a lemon lime guy. Um, let's see. I got here. Show to watch. Um, yeah, this kind of took sleeping. I shouldn't say it, but um, I'm gonna go cure. I'm just gonna go a nice shower. Um, Ooh, I like it. Sometimes shower, it makes maybe. me more sick though. If it's too hot, you know. You, you know, like sometimes you gotta go. Sometimes you gotta go cold shower. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta go warm. Sometimes you gotta go happy medium. But I think just forcing yourself to get clean, outside clean, maybe makes the inside clean. So I'm gonna go shower. Inside clean, outside clean makes the inside clean. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> that that was one of my cures. So now I'm really back into a corner. I think I gotta take my cure now. Because wait. I would say, oh, you did take it here, so I don't have to take it now. Yeah. Okay. So I will go food then, and I'm going to go with a sausage, egg, McGriddle. and cheese McGriddle for McDonald's. Oh, my God. That is delicious. You get the maple syrup from the pancakes. Your fingers are all sticky in the car, and you're just chowing down on some fresh sausage. And cheese and egg. The egg really sucks at McDonald's, but you're really there for the sausage and the cheese. Yeah, it's fantastic. You get a hash brown on the side. Yeah. I'm not going to take that. I'm going to leave it open if Alex wants to take that. But uh, yeah, I don't want to take the whole meal. <laughs> but yeah, the hash brown's phenomenal. Unless you get one of the ones that Alex and I got this past weekend. It was terrible. It was like the I softest, gooeyest hash brown. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were talking about McGriddles. I was like, I didn't get a McGriddle. No. No, the hash browns are bad. Uh, to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go food Two picks. first. Uh, just a fat stack of pancakes. Oh, you wow. Know, just Holy. Soak up oh. all the booze. Just a fat stack of pancakes <laughs> goes goes fantastic after a hangover. You know what's better than pancakes? Waffles. Waffle House waffles. Yep. Mm, I can relate to that. Now, some of my picks are different because I'm thinking in terms of like I'm not deathly hungover. If I'm deathly hungover, I'm not eating till like 1 p.m. and I'm eating like buttered toast. Like that's what I'm putting in my body. <laughs> that's what I had today. on Saturday. I, yes. I had toast. I didn't eat. I didn't put something into my body until like 2, 2.30. 30. 
Yeah, the sausage McGriddle is like a caveat if I'm like just kind of a mild headache. Like if I'm really in death's door hangover land, it's toast at like 1 p.m. <laughs> last year at your guys' place when I didn't move from your lazy boy, um, it wasn't eating until like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. Sometimes I don't even eat at all. Just sleep and just lay there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking uh, like a minor hangover for the fat stack of pancakes. So, yeah. so everyone Right, right. Good clarification. Uh, drink. Because I don't really care. I got a bunch of shows, so I'll let you guys go before me. Um, oh, okay. Drink, go a large McDonald's Coke. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I gave up pop on January 1st. Going strong so far. <laughs> so, does that now does that only happen for you when you really sleep in and you're going out around like 1130? Or will you get that at 930 if you have to get like food? Mm, maybe. I, I would certainly consider it. <laughs> I would probably go orange juice in that scenario. Another personal favorite, that'd be my close second. But something about the caffeine, you know, a little sugar, get you, get your energy going. Carbonation right. in the stomach. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not great for you, but... <laughs> Tastes hey, great. Hey, on ginger ale is medicine, so... It's true. Um, My mindless show to watch is Bar Rescue. Bar I Rescue. vividly can remember. Wow. <laughs> Just... It's a ballsy pick because some people are going to be like, you want John Taffer screaming at you when you have a pounding headache? Get up! I know it's a little weird, but I just love the repetitive marathon nature of it. And then the way the format's set up, you can just watch it for like seven hours and be every time like, wow, I love what they did with that bar at the end. I'm always fascinated by it. I love it. I can remember like at least five days off the top of my head where back in Tecumseh, I would just lay on the couch in the living room and watch Bar Rescue all day. <laughs> That's good. So it's my turn. Mm-hmm. I got my last two. Um, so show to watch or thing to watch. Um, I think the perfect one is just whatever low, boring, un, you know, not entertaining golf tournament is oh, off for that dude, weekend. You took mine. Come on. That's what you do? Sunday golf is the best when you're <laughs> just, hungover. You put on just whatever golf tournament is on. Maybe Jim Nance is doing it. Maybe not. You're probably going to take a nap halfway through it. You don't so even care. mindless. You don't, don't even, even care about it. the leaderboard. You're just staring at green grass. That's all you're staring at. You like pop on the Sony Open. God, that is up. a good one. That is the best one, I think. That's it's quiet. Great. It's not going to be loud. You don't really need like voices like oh maybe i do want to tune in oh i haven't seen this episode yet nope just golf match don't even care yeah that's, um, good. that's good and then personal preference worst next day obligation i'm gonna go traveling or Oof. just car rides oh um either <laughs> either, either you physically yeah. have to drive yourself or oh, yeah. you have four hours back from the wild beaver saloon in indianapolis and you have to sit in just a cramped back seat and you have nowhere to go yeah it's tr- and then we're in michigan we all traveled on michigan highways before there's not one nice highway and it's just bump city <laughs> the uh the trek down from the camping trip solo this year i almost fell asleep like five times and it was a torture chamber my my head was out the window with the air going i was chewing gum i was smacking my face i was just trying to get to where i needed to be so bad me in the back uh, of Wilkins' car on the way back from Defiance, just laying in the back row. <laughs> that was the worst. And then, that like, was the absolute worst. So, like, being hungover in the car rides, you don't really know, like, oh, where you're going. You're kind of out of it. And then any little, like, sudden, like, jerk or, like, moving mm-hmm. just, like, settles your entire body off. It's just, like, yeah, so this many is over. instances of wanting to throw up in the backseat of a car. 
And travel was a good choice there too, because I've heard that flying hungover is even worse. I've never done it, but I heard it's terribly bad. Uh, I can only imagine how like in the tight quarters, claustrophobic, probably nauseous as well. Um, my last pick will be the cure. My first pick would have been cold shower. So I will not go that road because Evan took showers. But 1B, and again, this is if I'm not deathly hungover, is a nice, well-made Bloody Mary. Really gets you back <laughs> on Bloody track. Bloody Mary down from my drink. <laughs> it's so good. To, to have yourself a day. I can vividly remember on the camping trip as well, after the night after I puke, I was I was down bad before the beach. I was like, I cannot do this. I'm laying there by the fire. And I'm like, I just need a Bloody Mary. So I make one. You don't put as much vodka in those days. You don't double shot it. You do like half a shot. And then your body like, accepts the alcohol, the hair of the dog. And you're like, all right, the headache's starting to go away. And you're back. It's perfect. To me, final one. Mm-hmm. Uh, show. Uh, these are just like based on what I did all through college. So this, uh, I'll go with the one I've done the most, How I Met Your Mother, because I've seen every episode. So I just pop that on, mindlessly watch it, laugh a little bit. Great time. And then also, uh, you know, my roommate in college, Cody, he always would watch The Office and, you know, just pop that on. Just not really watch it, laugh a little bit, take naps, you know, just sitcoms like that. You can just pop them on, not pay attention. Those, those are the best. That's it. You have one. You don't have one last pick. No, that's it. Oh well, I'm bad at snake drafts. Um, honorable mentions. Any anything that didn't get said that should have been said. A or subway foot long. Oh, wow. Jesus. I love soak. Well, I love soaking up the booze. I think the. Oh wait, Evan. What did you say for your drink? I drink lemon lime Gatorade. Oh well, the obvious one that I think was probably the nerd one was just water. Yeah. I mean, I think I wrote that ice water. Didn't even, I didn't even write that down. Like, Alex, we could have gone specifically like the hydro flask water. Like, it's just ice cold. You have a phrase about it. Like, that really cold is Cold water phenomenal. actually makes your stomach more upset. Whoa. Says who? Uh, you have to bleep this out. <laughs> Told me that. Oh, well. Oh. Why? Congrats on med school. Some some medical reason. I don't remember. I was chugging ice water Saturday morning, so maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um... A nice, like if you sleep in a while, a nice greasy cheeseburger will do the trick as well. That just feels a nice burger. in your stomach. I, I wrote burger down. I had a McChicken McDouble combo. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, liquid IVs for cure. Yeah. No one, well, ibuprofen would have been a great one. Yeah. Ibuprofen. Well, I always put ice water and ibuprofen as my cure, but. Sneaky, mindless thing to watch. I know it would have been kind of bending the rules, but I feel like in our generation, TikTok has become popular. I found yeah. myself laying in bed hungover just watching some TikToks. Yeah, that could work. But then I get tired because I'm hungover, holding, having to hold my arms up, and then and I just plop down and go back to bed. Uh, I put um, for like a worse next day, just from personal experience, when you got to get up at 7 a.m. and play in a golf scramble. Whew, man, that... It's not great when the whole team got way too drunk the night before and they're all puking before you start. Yeah, that's great. Good stuff. Um, there was one I was thinking of for – no, it slipped my mind. I will say for – it's not a cure, but maybe preventative measure. If you take a cold shower at night before you go to bed – now, I haven't done this in years, so I'd have to see if it works. I used to do it in college a lot if I had to do something the next day. 
I would have to like do athletic department shifts on the weekends and I get drunk on a Saturday and I have to work like a soccer game at 9 a.m. I would like take a freezing cold shower in the public like showers or whatever at night like freezing cold and then just limp back to my room like just get in <laughs> pajamas right away and get to bed and then you wake up and it, it seemed to work I didn't feel as bad hmm. I put more booze always, for a cure yeah we already basically the old, said that uh, the bloody mary route but that could also could be a mimosa but there's something about champagne that kind of makes me want to throw up in the morning yeah yeah i don't know champagne just feels like ugh. it's the pickle juice and the bloody mary that survives our bodies i think i think we covered it all i can't think of many more i'm sure there's there's one that i'll think of later but wyatt panda express <gasps> oh really is that the move that's heavy <laughs> We have a, was, we have had a lot of hangover situations, a lot of friends, and some people are just like some people get whatever they crave, whatever they crave it that that thirty seconds. It's oh. like yeah, I'm getting this. I'm more of a stick to routine. Like I'm grabbing my same like four or five things. I just don't know how somebody could just grab a full meal of like Chipotle or Panda, just let it sit. <laughs> I mean, I'm thing. guilty of getting a big order of Taco Bell. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I was just seeing that. Like, like I'm, I will, I'm not but, afraid to do that. If anything, I prefer I, it. But I won't do that until like 3 or 4 p.m. It won't be at 9 a.m., but it'll be noon or later. But I'm also the worst person to experience because I act like just the biggest wuss of all time anytime I'm hungover. So. You, you don't hang uh, handle hangovers the best. It just really hits you different. It does. I don't know why. The blood. That's the problem. <laughs> I'll tell you what sucked. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't hangover. Which is a lack of sleep. It's not mindlessly fun to uh, like regular season football is okay, but when it's playoff football, like I was in and out of the Bills and Chiefs game a while, and then I had to like sit up to make sure I saw the fourth quarter. That sucks because you have the serious FOMO when you're in and out of a nap because you had to work. The worst, like the big, yeah, yeah, one of the worst yeah. next day things. Um. All right, that wraps up this show oh wait no 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 it does not oh no we missed one question who's we missed two we missed two one was gino's oh, city about, i'm, I'm, I'm gonna Imani. acknowledge we are not getting to the imani base one today i do not have the energy to discuss that we could do it quickly but i want to give it some justice i guess but uh you know what let's just do it quickly i don't think imani Bates should have gone to msu and it would have made michigan state worse if he did. I think it would have made Michigan State worse. And I think for Imani Bates personally, he might have benefited from being in a structured organization. But I'm That's true. That's true. That actually might have been the case. But I think he would have caused a lot of drama and it would not have been good for us. I think he should have gone to MSU. I wish he was at MSU currently. I'm the fan or the uh NCA analyst that it never hurts to have more athletes. Team. I did say more death doesn't hurt. But also, I don't know how much we would have gelled as a team to have that super ego. Super. And ego. I think because if like Tom would have benched him, like he probably would have wanted to, like that would have just caused a nightmare. So, but a Hall of Fame coach, you can't argue it. So, well, he would. Yeah, I'll ask the city one to close out the show. So. The logistics to get there at shot of ms on all the platforms twitter instagram tiktok facebook um we have a youtube channel as well that's where you can, one of the places you can listen youtube apple spotify uh social media is great for video clips and graphics good discussions on there and then uh and the twitter is where we get like the live game stuff if you want to follow along our thoughts like live with something happening and then review rate subscribe follow whatever you need to do on the platforms would be really helpful 
send a link to a friend, ask them about what they thought about some of the parts of the show. And then uh, continue to ask questions because they're really good. And like we said, we will do what we need to do to get to them during the show as long as they kind of fit the themes, which they did this week. There's six of them. So great job, everyone. And we'll end the show here with a last one. Uh, if you had to live in one city the next five years outside of the state of Michigan, your job is to be a professional podcaster. So there's flexibility there. Where would you pick? I'll pick in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I haven't been to a bunch of cities. I put down, so I put down three. Uh, Austin, Scottsdale, and Nashville. I don't want to live anywhere that's that cold. So I picked pretty uh, warmish areas other than Nashville, which is just a cool vibe, but still warmer than here. I, my pick could kind of be dumb because I don't know much about it other than its reputation of just being beautiful. Give me Honolulu, Hawaii. That would be cool. Aloha. San Diego would be cool as well. Give me the warm weather. Yeah. Common theme Common theme between our answers. I avoided California. Right. It's expensive. <laughs> Cheers to close out episode 56 and to warmer days in the state of Michigan. It's snowing all today. Cheers. Cheers. To skiing during the Michigan and Michigan State game. <laughs> to the 29th being the Bruzzle Center being a torture chamber for the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>